Join us now for Health for Life, brought to you by Hamilton Healthcare System. Today, we're talking with Dr. Chantel Lewis and Brooke Green of Hamilton Diabetes and Endocrinology Center. Thank you for joining us. We're glad to be here. Dr. Lewis is a board-certified endocrinologist, and Brooke is a nurse practitioner at Hamilton Diabetes and Endocrinology Center. They have two locations, in the Medical Arts Building in Dalton and inside Hamilton Physician Group, Catoosa Campus in Ringgold. They specialize in diabetes and thyroid treatment. Tell us about Hamilton Diabetes and Endocrinology Center. At the Hamilton Diabetes and Endocrinology Center, we diagnose and treat a number of hormonal imbalances which arise from gland dysfunction. Glands are organs in our bodies that produce hormones such as estrogen, testosterone, thyroid hormone, and insulin. Some of these conditions that we treat include type 1 diabetes, type 2 diabetes, hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism, diabetes in pregnancy, certain types of pituitary tumors, and osteoporosis, to name a few. However, the majority of the persons that we take care of have a diagnosis of diabetes. In addition to Dr. Lewis, we also have nurse practitioner Brooke Green of the Hamilton Diabetes and Endocrinology Center with us today on Health for Life. Most of us know or think we know what diabetes is, but can you explain it to us in a little more detail? Yes. Diabetes, it is a chronic metabolic disease. It's characterized by elevated blood sugars, and the elevated blood sugars lead to both short and long-term complications like kidney failure, blindness, stroke, heart attacks, and poor wound healing, which could lead to amputations. The pancreas is responsible for producing insulin after we eat to bring down blood sugars. In persons who have diabetes, the pancreas either makes no insulin, makes very little, or they do not respond appropriately to the insulin due to the presence of fat in the body. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, 34 million people in the U.S. have diabetes, and the number is increasing. Of that number, 7.3 million people are undiagnosed. Symptoms of diabetes include frequent urination, extreme thirst, weight loss, fatigue, nausea, vomiting, and change in vision. That is a lot of information. Mm -hmm. How is diabetes, how is it diagnosed? Yes. If a person has symptoms, we can make a diagnosis of diabetes by doing a blood test. In people who have no symptoms, they should have a discussion with a provider and be screened if they have certain risk factors. Overweight or obese adults with one or more risk factors such as family history of diabetes, such as parents or siblings, Ethnicity, such as African-American, Latino, Native Americans, Asian-Americans, and Pacific Islanders. History of heart disease, hypertension or high cholesterol levels or high triglyceride levels. Women with polycystic ovary syndrome. Physical inactivity. Patients with prediabetes with an A1C, which is defined as equal to or above 5.7, should actually be tested yearly. Women with a history of gestational diabetes should have lifelong testing at least every three years. For all other patients, testing should begin at 45. If screening is normal, testing should be repeated at least every four years. Well, 
I have diabetes and I have type 2 diabetes. Mm -hmm. And the way that I found out I had diabetes was because that I was thirsty mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I was just as thirsty as I could be. And my father, he went to the doctor because he was suffering from the same thing. And they said that he had type 2 diabetes. And so I went to the doctor and found out that I do. And so uh, that medical, that history, that mm -hmm. family history, because my mother, we found out she had it. My sister, she had it. Mm. She's passed away now, but she had it. And even my grandparents wow. had mm -hmm. diabetes. Significant family history. So it uh, evidently just runs in my family. Yes, it certainly does, Bobby. Well, I've got it. <laughs> I, I've, I've got it, but I'm fighting it. Yes. I'm fighting it. And so it's, it's, I think it's very important that if you feel like that you have diabetes or one of the risk factors that you talked about, it would be a good idea to go to your doctor and just, and it's mm -hmm. a blood test? Yes, it is. Just a simple blood test. A simple blood test. That's great. Hey, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the kind of diabetes, the type I have, type 2 diabetes. We'll be right back. Caring like a family, fighting like an army. Hamilton Healthcare System is here for you. Armed with a love for our community, advanced care, and personalized service, our commitment to serve with compassion stands strong in this season of uncertainty. You are the heart of all we do. Visit us at HamiltonHealth.com for timely health information and updates. And we're back. I'm glad you're with us. And we're talking about diabetes today. Now, di diabetes actually is more than just one or two groups. Tell me about the different groups of diabetes. Yes. Diabetes is classified into five main groups based on cause. Today, we focus on type 1 and type 2 diabetes, which are the most common types of diabetes. Type 1 diabetes is caused by an immune response. In 95% of cases, this causes the pancreas to produce little or no insulin at all. Now, uh, can I stop you yes. there? Is, is that when uh, a lot of times type 1 would be somebody who would be born with that? Well, usually the peak age is usually between 12 to 14 years of age. And oh, oftentimes okay. we see that in, uh, in the youth. But someone who is also an adult can be diagnosed with type 1 diabetes later in life. I had no mm -hmm. idea. I did mm -hmm. not know that. So uh, they, their pancreas evidently worked and then just quit that's, working. That's correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good. Well, very good. Okay, what else? Well, what this means is that the special proteins in the body that usually serve to protect us start to view certain cells in the pancreas as foreign and mount a response that leads to destruction of the pancreatic cells. Mm. Type 1 diabetes is more common in children and young adults. We cannot avoid treatment as patients with type 1 diabetes can become very sick without insulin. For a patient with type 1 diabetes, going without insulin can lead to a condition called diabetic ketoacidosis. Now, I've heard of that. Never mm -hmm. knew what that was. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this does require a hospitalization for treatment. We treat type 1 diabetes with insulin to bring blood sugars to normal range, and we administered insulin either by injections or a device called an insulin pump. We have come a long way in treating diabetes uh, from the use of glass syringes and monitoring blood sugars by tasting or actually testing urine, actually, <laughs> actually both. Now we have availability of continuous glucose monitors. We have fully integrated systems that use this information and administer insulin continuously and adjust as needed 
and uh, therefore people have the ability to avoid finger sticks and insulin injections unless indicated otherwise. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now that's important because I was sticking my finger four times a day, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now I have that continuous yes. glucose monitoring. What, what's the name of continuous it again? glucose monitor? Okay, and there's a couple of different brands. Mm -hmm. and, there is, and I've tried. Uh, I think there's two. There might be more. I've tried two, uh -huh. and um, I really enjoy. Yes. The, what it what it does for me because it checks my blood every five mm -hmm, minutes. Mm -hmm. So every five minutes, I don't have to poke my finger. Every five minutes, I get a reading on my on my cell phone, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it tells me about my, what my blood sugar is. A lot so of benefits. It is. It is fantastic. I think everybody who has diabetes should have this. Yes. It I is agree. the way to go, mm -hmm. and uh, it just uh, it works fabulous for me. And being a diabetic, I understand how hard it is to keep your mm -hmm. blood sugars under control. And to me, it's not just eating sugar; it's eating things that you know, carbs and other right. things that, you know, I have to stay away from. So, exactly. Yeah. A lot of talk about type one diabetes. Let's talk about type two mm -hmm. diabetes. Mm -hmm. Type 2 diabetes is the most common form of the disease. It occurs when the body doesn't properly use insulin, a hormone that transports glucose from the blood to the cells where it is used for fuel or doesn't make enough. Compared to type 1 diabetes, persons still make insulin just not enough, and they can be resistant to insulin. We also know that over time, even persons with type 2 diabetes make less insulin. Fortunately, there's much you can do to help prevent or control the disease. Millions of people in the United States have diabetes. It's so common that if you don't have it, you probably know someone who does. Like other forms of diabetes, it's a serious, lifelong condition that can lead to heart disease, kidney failure, and blindness. Fortunately, you can take steps to avoid or at least delay the onset of the disease and to protect yourself from the complications it can cause. You're more likely to get type 2 diabetes as you get older, through the, though the disease can affect people at all ages. And risk factors include having a family history of type 2 diabetes, being overweight, being physically inactive, having a history of gestational diabetes, having prediabetes. In this condition, high blood glucose levels are higher than normal, but not high enough for a diagnosis of diabetes. Type 2 diabetes used to be rare in children. In fact, it used to be called adult-onset diabetes. But as more young people become overweight, it is now more common for them to develop this disease. Type 2 diabetes doesn't always cause symptoms, but according uh, to studies, when symptoms do occur, they tend to begin slowly and may include feeling tired much of the time, frequent urination, increased thirst and hunger, unexplained weight loss, blurred vision, slow healing of wounds or sores. If you have symptoms of diabetes, tell your primary care provider. Several tests that measure your blood glucose can check for the disease. Goals of treatment in any patient with diabetes is to prolong life and prevent complications. We know based on large trials with persons with diabetes. Fortunately, people with type 2 diabetes can do a lot to manage it and avoid complications, and we're here to help. Great information. So many people have uh, type 2 diabetes, and a lot of people don't know. I think I heard you say 7 million people mm -hmm. don't even know mm -hmm. they have diabetes. Mm -hmm. That's wow. correct. Uh, now, Brooke, what are some of the classes that you offer at the Hamilton Diabetic and Endocrinology Center? Mm -hmm. 
We offer diabetes education and weight management classes at our office. These classes are a very important part of comprehensive diabetes care. Individuals do not have to be a patient at our clinic in order to attend classes. They can request a referral from their primary care provider to attend class at our center. We have a specialty trained nurse educator and a dietitian who provide education classes. Brooke, what classes do you offer at Hamilton Diabetes and Endocrinology Center? We offer diabetes education and weight management classes at our office, and these classes are a very important part of comprehensive diabetes care. Individuals do not have to be a patient at our clinic in order to attend classes. They can request a referral from their primary care provider to attend class at our center. We have a specialty trained nurse educator and a dietitian who provide education classes. Medicare and most health insurance plans cover two hours of diabetes education and two hours of nutrition education every year. We offer free diabetes education seminars, free diabetes workshops, advanced diabetes nutrition class, carbohydrate counting class, comprehensive diabetes class, diabetes nutrition, gestational diabetes, insulin administration, insulin pump training, continuous glucose monitoring, blood glucose monitoring training, and medication management class. A physician referral is required for classes, but not for appointments. The comprehensive diabetes class covers overview of diabetes with acute and chronic complications of diabetes, nutrition, and physical activity. And this class is important for the person who is just diagnosed with diabetes or at any point where they need more information about improving their diabetes. Multiple diabetes nutrition class include meal planning, eating out, grocery shopping, and cooking tips. Gestational diabetes class, which we have not specifically covered, this is another type of diabetes that occurs during pregnancy. We teach expecting mothers about nutrition and monitoring of blood sugars during pregnancy. This usually resolves once they deliver, but is at risk, but is a risk factor for developing type 2 diabetes. Insulin pump training and continuous glucose monitoring training, as we uh, had mentioned, uh, we do extensive pump training on several different pumps. And we also have renal nutrition and weight management classes that are offered at our center as well with the dietitian. Wow, that's a lot. You guys do all that at the center? Yes, we certainly do. And with a referral, you do not even need to be a, uh, a patient? Right, that's correct. Brooke, that's a whole lot of information. Thank you so much. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. If you're in need of medical care, don't delay. Your health won't wait. Hamilton Medical Center is ready to care for you. We are following CDC guidelines. Patients and guests are screened for COVID-19 symptoms. Those who are suspected to have the virus are treated in a separate area. Plus, Hamilton's high-powered UV light robots eliminate 99.9% .9 of bacteria and viruses on surfaces. Please do not delay medical care. Your health won't wait. As always, Hamilton is here for you. Okay, we're back. And Brooke, I want to talk about some of the common myths. There were things that I believed about diabetes that I have learned there's no truth to. I'm sure there's a lot of myths out there about mm -hmm. diabetes. Can you tell us about some of that? Yes. A lot of people think that being overweight causes type 2 diabetes. This isn't always the case. Being overweight is only one of several risk factors for type 2 diabetes. Other risk factors include your family history, your race, 
or ethnicity and your age. Most people who are overweight never get type 2 diabetes, and many people with type 2 diabetes are of normal weight or just moderately overweight. Another myth is that eating too much sugar causes diabetes. Type 1 diabetes is a chronic condition that's related to genetics and other unknown factors. And type 2 diabetes also is related to genetics as well as certain lifestyle factors. Drinking sugary beverages, which are high in calories and can cause weight gain, has been linked to type 2 diabetes. But it's not accurate to say that a person will get diabetes from eating too much sugar. Another common myth is that people with diabetes can't eat sweets. There are no forbidden foods for people with diabetes, but portion control is key. People with diabetes should try to get most of their carbs from fruits and veggies, beans, whole grains, and dairy. But starchy carbs or occasional sweets are not completely off limits. They can be enjoyed as part of a healthy lifestyle that includes a nutritious diet and regular exercise. A really dangerous myth is that if you have to use insulin, that means that you have failed to properly manage your diabetes. And this is not true. Many people with type 2 diabetes start out taking oral medications to keep control of their glucose levels. But type 2 diabetes is a progressive disease in which the body's ability to produce insulin lessens over time. Many people with type 2 diabetes eventually need to use insulin. I remember as a child, uh, my mother would say, don't eat all that cake, you'll get diabetes. <laughs> or, um, you know, I remember the ice cream man would, would come down the road, you know, and I'd want an ice cream. And, and uh, she got to where she would tell me that if the music's playing, that means he sold out. That way I wouldn't try to get an ice cream. So I, I learned a, a lot of these myths to mm-hmm. be real. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, I realized, you know, there's no truth right, to that. Right, exactly. If, if he's playing music, he has ice cream. <laughs> so I learned, you know, I learned the truth. But now that uh, I have diabetes, and I, I, you know, I can't help, I've had diabetes 20, 24 years. I can't help but think, I wonder how long I had it before mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, I found out, mm-hmm. you know, that I had yeah, it. Yes, several people um, before they're actually diagnosed with type 2 diabetes have actually had diabetes, and it's estimated uh, possibly five to seven years before their diagnosis. That is something. Mm-hmm. And you said about seven million people in America have diabetes and they don't know it. Mm-hmm. And then there's, about 31 million people who have diabetes and, and they know they have it. That's a tenth of the population of this mm-hmm, country. Mm-hmm. That's correct. That is unbelievable. Very good information. Thank you very much. We'll be back. We're going to talk about thyroids in just a moment. Don't go away. Caring like a family, fighting like an army. Hamilton Healthcare System is here for you. Armed with a love for our community, advanced care, and personalized service, Our commitment to serve with compassion stands strong in this season of uncertainty. You are the heart of all we do. Visit us at HamiltonHealth.com for timely health information and updates. And we're back with Dr. Lewis. Dr. Lewis, I know that you treat patients with diabetes, but there are patients that don't have diabetes, but they have other issues that you treat. Can you tell us about some of those other conditions and what kind of treatment that you have? Okay. Uh, Endocrinologists diagnose and treat hormone problems and the complications that may arise from them. Hormones regulate metabolism, respiration, growth, reproduction, sensory perception, as well as movement. Hormone imbalances are the underlying reason for a wide range of medical conditions. The common endocrine disorders that we do manage are persons who have diabetes, osteoporosis, thyroid issues, 
Addison's disease, which is a condition of the adrenal glands, Cushing syndrome, Graves' disease, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Pituitary tumors such as microadenomas, hypogonadism, polycystic ovarian syndrome, to name a few. Wow, that is uh, very extensive. And a lot of this is thyroid issue, correct? Correct. So That's a lot, correct. a lot of this has to do with, with thyroid issue. What are some of the common thyroid issues? Okay, so first I'll talk about what the thyroid gland is. Okay. So the thyroid gland is a butterfly-shaped gland. Is it in your neck? Correct. There you go. You I, have it right. Okay, I, I knew it had something in your neck. Okay, so it's in your neck, and it's shaped like a butterfly? Correct. Okay. And we can either have a patient who has an overactive thyroid or an underactive thyroid. If we make too little thyroid hormone, we call that hypothyroidism. And an overactive thyroid or too much thyroid hormone is called hyperthyroidism. Now, what is what does the thyroid, I mean, I understand about the pancreas, and that has to do with insulin, but what does the thyroid, why, why do we have it? What does it do? The thyroid is in charge of the body's metabolism, okay? And so if the thyroid is underactive, you're going to end up feeling very tired. And if your thyroid is overactive, you can feel tired too, but you might feel like you a bit more anxious than usual. When you talk about metabolism, I'm immediately thinking about weight. Right. Okay. Does the thyroid have a lot to do with weight gain or weight loss? It can. It can. It's not the only reason that people can have weight loss and weight weight gain, but it can be a big part of it. Okay. Uh, tell me about treatment for, for th is it called thyroid disease? Right. Okay. So first let's talk about the hyperthyroidism. Sure. Okay. In terms of the symptoms of hyperthyroidism, you can have nervousness, anxiety, weight loss, increased perspiration, fast heart rate, trembling hands, insomnia or difficulty sleeping, more frequent bowel movements, fine brittle hair, loss of hair on the scalp, muscular weakness, and you can also have an enlarged thyroid called a goiter. To answer your question, there is treatment. Um, we do have to first investigate to find an underlying cause. So there are a few reasons why your thyroid could be overactive. Either you're taking medication that can cause that to happen. Right. Uh, you may have an autoimmune condition called Graves' disease, or there may be a nodule in the thyroid making too much thyroid hormone, or maybe the gland is just inflamed called a thyroiditis. Okay. Once we're able to figure out which one of these is causing this to happen through imaging, we are able to treat it appropriately. I got you. Uh, through imaging. So you're, uh, is there a lot of uh, trial and error to that to, to no, figure it out? No. Good. We do either thyroid ultrasound or a nuclear medicine thyroid scan, and that gives us a good idea of what's going on. Technology has come so far. Right. So far. That is great. Now, this is for the overactive. Right. Now, and what... so we can treat it. So okay. once we know what has caused it, we can either use antithyroid drugs and these medications slow down the thyroid gland. OK, so they slow production of thyroid hormone. We can use radioactive iodine, usually in the form of a capsule, and that destroys cells making thyroid hormone. Okay. Or we can do surgery as a last resort uh, if we cannot use the, the two prior options. Um, if you think you may have an overactive thyroid, you should let your, your primary care doctor know so that they can do the test that we would want to Is know. that a blood test? It is a blood test. Okay. Overactive thyroid, there is medications before you go to surgery. Correct. Okay. Correct. All right, good. And the reason why we want to treat it is because, you know, you can 
lead to your heart being irritable. So you can have arrhythmias and it can lead to early osteoporosis. Oh my goodness. So there's a reason we want to manage it appropriately. Is, is there a lot of that? It's pretty common, is but we, we more often see patients with a underactive thyroid well, gland. Well, that was my next question. Wanted to talk about underactive thyroid. Correct. Okay. Also known as hypothyroidism or in the U.S., the most common cause is Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Um, so majority of pa- people who have an underactive thyroid will have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and that is an autoimmune condition affecting the thyroid gland. So the body sees the thyroid cells as foreign and mounts a response to them. cause slow destruction, and over time, we don't make enough thyroid hormone. So persons feel very tired, mm-hmm. uh, feel very run down and sluggish, cold. They may have constipation, um, may have some depression. Okay. All from your thyroid? All from your thyroid. What are some of the treatments for that? So fortunately, we can treat it with hormone replacement. Okay. So we give you back the hormone that your body is not producing. I see. Okay. And because your thyroid produces hormones. Correct. Correct. So there are other causes of an underactive thyroid. And what are some of those? Some patients have their thyroid removed for whatever reason. Um, Radiation, congenital defects, certain medications. A very common one is amiodarone. And um, also you can have hypothyroidism during pregnancy. This is a lot of information. A lot of our listeners may be thinking, my goodness, I might have an overactive thyroid or an underactive thyroid. We've already touched on overactive. What are some of the symptoms of an underactive thyroid? Persons usually complain of uh, symptoms of fatigue, feeling chilly or feeling colder than other people in the room. They have dry, itchy skin, weight gain, fluid retention, hair loss, constipation, brittle nails, puffiness of the face, sore muscles, depression, irregularity of the menstrual periods. Some persons do have a goiter or enlarged thyroid. And those are the main symptoms of an underactive thyroid gland. Now, some of these symptoms are the same as overactive. Correct. Correct. Your job has got to be tough. You don't know if it's over or under. Of course, when you take the test. So, I mean, what we rely on is we take a good patient history. Mm -hmm. We examine them thoroughly and we do blood tests to help come to a diagnosis. Now, what about family history? Very important for patients who have underlying history of an overactive thyroid. They may have another family member who has another autoimmune condition. Right. Uh, in terms of hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, we tend to have other family members who have the same diagnosis. That's a lot of information, a lot to know. But if I think I have an over or an underactive thyroid, I definitely need to be treated. What about underactive thyroid treatment? What do you have available for that? Uh, what we use is hormone replacement therapy. Like all hormonal imbalances, if you're not making enough, we mm-hmm. give you the, the hormone back. So we do treat with thyroid hormone replacement, and that's a daily pill. Oh, would you take it as a pill? I thought mm-hmm. it was an injection. No, it's a daily pill. Okay. So it's very easy to treat. Uh, are people sometimes born without a thyroid? Yes. So you can be born with a half or none, none of, no thyroid gland present in your neck. So at that point, then you would need... From birth. F- for the rest of your life. Correct. I've heard of thyroid cancer. What about thi- what can you tell us about thyroid cancer? 
There, we can group thyroid cancer into four types. Okay. The more commonly we see persons with papillary thyroid cancer and follicular thyroid cancer, there are more aggressive types such as anaplastic and medullary thyroid cancer. Uh, more commonly, we see papillary and follicular thyroid cancer. Usually, these are persons who had a CAT scan or an ultrasound done for another reason. So somebody had a motorvehicular accident or chest pain and someone did a CAT scan and we incidentally find a thyroid nodule. Once those are found, we, f we need to figure out do they need to be biopsied or watched. Some people, based on what the radiologists see, they decide we need to biopsy this. And then those are the patients that get a biopsy done on the nodules. When it comes back as thyroid cancer, we go ahead and manage appropriately. Usually the team would include a surgeon, a general surgeon or endocrine surgeon or ENT, and they would remove the thyroid once we have that diagnosis of thyroid cancer. Okay. And then once we have the pathology back, we decide who needs something called radioactive iodine ablation or who can just be watched over time. I understand. And that's the complete therapy. We do surgical resection, and then we do either do radioactive iodine ablation or not. And then we follow them over time with ultrasounds and blood tests to, to follow whether they have recurrence of the cancer or not. So it's well, treated very differently from other types of cancer. That, that sounds completely different than a lot of different cancer treatments that I've heard of. You said that you have to do a biopsy. How does that happen? Do they go through your mouth? Do they through your neck? How do they do that? So this is usually done by the interventional radiologist. Uh, they use ultrasounds to first locate the thyroid nodule. Mm -hmm. And we use the needles almost like what we use to take blood from in okay. the arm to go in, in and out of the thyroid nodule several times to get a sample. Through your neck? Right. Through I your understand. skin and your neck. Okay. And using the ultrasound. So we identify exactly where that nodule is. And we use a very small needle. And under some, we just use a local anesthesia and we send that sample off to the lab. Now, is your thyroid, is it deep inside of your neck or is it against your skin? Where is it? It's, where very, does it live? it's very superficial. So we have skin and we have fat and then we have the thyroid. So is that right? it's really, really, really superficial. Dr. Lewis and nurse practitioner Brooke Green, thank you for being our guest today on Health for Life. For more information about Hamilton Diabetes and Endocrinology Center, call 706-278-1622 or visit hamiltonhealth.com slash diabetes. Thank you for listening to Health for Life, a presentation of Hamilton Healthcare System.